Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. This is the Falcoholic Podcast, the official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I'm David Walker, and I am joined by my partner in crime, the forever Matt Online, Gina Kelly. <sighs> Gina, how are you? <laughs> well, David, uh, it's a little bit early in the day for me to start pounding hard seltzers, so I'm not looking forward to talking about this game, to be quite honest. <laughs> oh, you know what we should do? We should let the listeners talk about the game instead. Yes. yes, we should. I'm sure that they have plenty of things to say after that one. Oh, they they had lots of thoughts um, in this next voicemail podcast that we're doing. Um, we got, actually, we got 23, but one of them, the audio didn't work out. So for whoever left that message, I'm sorry, but we have 22 voicemails to go through. I don't know if we'll be able to get through them all, to be honest, because that is mm-hmm. by far the largest volume we got. But uh, I guess on that note, why don't we jump into it? Absolutely. Hey, DW, it's your boy, Guard Jake, uh, longtime listener, first time caller. Uh, three straight runs uh, and then punt. And I guess defensive delay game is not a thing anymore. So. Yeah, I don't know. I hate this thing. <laughs> so I <laughs> I do want to talk about the defensive, what should have been, in my opinion, yes. a defensive delay a game penalty there at the end. The Washington football team successfully, in my opinion, kept the Falcons from two more chances to yes. get the ball into the end zone. And I think that that is poor sportsmanship. I think that it is shady as hell. I think it's filthy. I think that I am very biased because I'm a Falcons fan, but I'm really, really angry about it. I think that that was just so clearly a deliberate ploy to keep the Falcons from having a chance to win. And I respect that players are competitive and they want to do whatever they can, but like that shouldn't be legal. That should not be allowed. Right. And uh, I think literally at one point, one of the defensive linemen was sitting on top of Matt Ryan. Yes, he was. So I'm pretty sure that's not legal. And I want to say, you know, it, it's I listened to Mike Rothstein's podcast this week, and mm-hmm. he is like most reporters. They don't like to talk about what um, the refs did in the game because Sure. In in most games, and I think you would agree to most games, those calls tend to balance out. Um, yes. e- even Michael was like, yeah, the refs were really bad. In this one. <laughs> they were, they were really, really bad. They were like consistently inconsistent and just some awful calls across the board, but that one just refusing to, to call anything there or to stop the clock or do anything. I mean, I, I just am still flabbergasted that they let that happen. I was very disappointed. I'm trying to, because I'm a grown adult, like 
dial back my over swearing on the internet, but <laughs> I did unleash some swears on Twitter when that one happened. I was livid. So, yeah. and I'm still actually quite, quite angry about it. That one. And I think uh, some people pointed out as well, the past interference that they picked up the flag and said, yes. uh, actually it's not like that, that killed it. the drive. It was a textbook pass interference right. and it did kill the drive. I was like, yeah, I mean, he's got, I think he had a handful of Jersey at the waist and his arm wrapped around him. Like what more do you need to see? Yeah. I think, I think they were waiting for a wrestling takedown. Uh, <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> and I they saw... Like a suplex. Yeah, like... <laughs> <laughs> Not sure they would have called it even then. Um, <sighs> the, I saw some people say, um, that was a makeup call for the uh, roughing the passer penalty. And I just want to be clear because I know some people saw that and were like, oh man, they called that penalty late. In my mind, that was 100% the right call. Like the, the NFL has made it explicitly clear that when it comes to quarterbacks, if you hit them anywhere near the neck or head, they're going to throw that flag every single time. And Chase Young came in and he hit pretty darn close to the neck. Well, and it was, and it was also a hard forearm. It was like, right, right, basically the underside of the jaw. And when you watch the play in slow motion, David, I'm so glad that you brought this up because I got really kind of out of sorts about this on Sunday. Cause I saw a bunch of fans whose perspectives I respect saying, oh, we got away with, you know, we, we got one there. Like, oh, you know, we shouldn't have got that. We shouldn't have gotten that call. We got a gift. And I was like, that is a classic roughing the passer i mean mm -hmm. he did hit matt ryan right around the jaw side of the neck like right under there with his forearm and you see matt ryan's head go but snap back, back hard yep. and then you see him go down slow and when he actually unloads that ball he looked for a second like he wasn't sure where he was or what he was supposed to be doing and i think that that's probably part of the reason that he wasn't able to throw it out of bounds and again you know thankfully they did call that um, I also think that it was such a crazy, like that is one of the stupidest plays that I've ever seen unfold. <laughs> not, not, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that Ryan was stupid to throw it away. Trying to throw it away was the right decision in that moment. What was hilarious to me was just the specific way that it unfolded because it was just idiotic from start to finish. It was, it was falcony. <laughs> it was very falcony. <laughs> Oh my goodness. All right. Uh, next voicemail. Here we go. I usually get rid of the Falcons, to be honest. This is wow. I think that will save all of us a lot of time and mental health. Yeah. Just get, get rid of the Falcons. This is horrible. <laughs> oh. I am so tired of the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> so I truly do not blame this caller one bit for his perspective. Nope. Um, and he was not the only one that said that. <laughs> I am sure. And I mean, if you just think about it, like how many times have we been forced to sit through a loss like this and watch the team literally snatch defeat from the jaws of victory? It gets old. It's been old for years and years yeah. and years and years. So it's a real frustrating one. It It is. And I do want to say in defense of um, Arthur Smith and, and Terry Fontenot, this is so early in their regime this is yeah. you know they're they've still for the most part inherited a roster that over time they're going to rebuild and they're going to bring in the guys they want um they don't have the full defense that they want yet you know there's 
still a lot of work to be done, but I completely get it when fans are just like apoplectic and a game like that. All right, next voicemail. Today's game, defense couldn't they couldn't stop a parked car if they tried. A lot of missed opportunities the whole game. A lot of bad penalties. A lot of drops. So many drops. We should have beat this team by 20 the way they were playing. Rise up, man. We on the next week. They do play the Jets next, which, but they also (laughs) play in London, which makes me worry that it's going to be like a repeat of the Lions game in London a few years ago. Oh, my God. Um, I do want to. I, I, I do want to give that caller credit for the phrase "the defense couldn't stop a parked car if they tried," <laughs> because I think that that is, first of all, just the best shade that you can throw at a defense, and also it's very true. And the drops are another thing that I want to touch on because yes, why did that make me mad on Sunday? Oh man, I you know I'm a big Calvin Ridley fan. Came into mm-hmm. the season defending him as a wide receiver one in the wake of Julio uh, being traded. Um, he, he can't do that. Like uh-uh. he, he's burning those of us who defended him <laughs> through these first few games. Yeah. And I mean, we all knew that he had big shoes to fill with the departure of Julio, but Ridley as a route runner, you know, as a receiver, I think that he has all of the physical tools that he needs to be a quality wide receiver one. Um, he cannot drop the ball like that. You yeah. cannot drop the ball like that. And then, you know, um, Olamide had, I think, two key drops, Pitts. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, some of this is just uh, they're younger guys, you know, whatever. But some of these, they, I mean, if, if the ball is hitting you in the hands and you are a professional wide receiver or tight end in the NFL, if it hits you in the hands, you've got to be able to look that yeah. ball in and hold on to it. I just don't know what else to say. Like if yeah. I drop a ball in that situation, a 45 year old woman who last played football <laughs> in the fourth grade flag football league, that's understandable. If you are a professional NFL player who is responsible for catching the football and you are letting balls b- bounce off your hands multiple times in a game, you got to get out there and hit that jugs machine or something. Like, yeah. I don't even know what to say, but those drops were infuriating. Yeah, hundred percent. And that's to me with Kyle Pitts, I think right now he's got some issues with technique, which are going to be relatively easy to clean up. Um, He needs to use those long arms and catch that ball away from his body because on several of those catches, um, he let that ball get to his body and the defenders were able to get a hand in there. And um, the best way to prevent that. And we used to see Tony Gonzalez do this all the time was he, he would catch that ball and literally, like, keep it away from the defenders. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think I think Pitts will learn that over time, but that is something that, um, yeah, to your point, these guys are pros. They should not be getting these passes batted away so easily, too. Like, Yes, you know. that's the thing. And, like, I understand drops do happen, but, like, we just saw too many that hit receivers right in the dang hands. Mm-hmm. And killed drives in yes. multiple drives. Yes. Oh, all right. Next one up. I just want to know one thing. I, I just, I, I just, I just want to know one thing. Why, why is Calvin Ridley? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can't do this. My blood pressure is about that. 
Um, I think he agrees with us on Calvin Ridley. I, I think that he does. And, and you know what, honestly, why is Calvin Ridley is enough of a question. We don't have an answer right now, but why is Calvin Ridley? We will still be asking this question. Still. He starts playing like a wide receiver one. <laughs> exactly. Yep. He's, he, he's, he has to earn some respect back and yeah. to be fair, Arthur Smith pointed out Calvin in the post game and basically said, yeah, he, he has to do better than what he did. And that they expect more from him and they should. Yeah. Yep. hundred percent. Listen, you don't have to know five Falcons players to understand that Arthur Smith doesn't know what he's doing. All right. It was 30 to 22. Two offensive drives, Arthur Smith called the game as if it was already one. As if the Falcons were on 20. He's calling runs on second and 13, and he just has his thumb up his ass the whole game. I'm tired of <laughs> Get him out. Get him out. Send him back to FedEx immediately. <laughs> was that Kenny? I think it had to be Kenny because I know that Kenny was going to call in. And, uh, you know, the audio was a little bit scratchy, so it's hard for me to tell, but I'm pretty sure that that was Kenny. Um, yeah, Kenny, we still cannot name five Falcons, obviously, but I think that I think that we can talk a little bit about Arthur Smith's coaching. And, and in particular, I do want to talk about that, um, that fourth quarter drive where they had an opportunity to, you know, maybe mm-hmm. go in uh, and do something. And instead, they just kind of, you know, ran it three times. And then whoops, I guess we're giving them the ball back with plenty of time to go down and score and win the game. And so I think that I'm really confused about why he went so conservative. It's like, I would hope that since he was hired as the head coach of this team, he would have like been a little bit more familiar with the team's history in games like this and would have realized that you don't go conservative in the second half with the Atlanta Falcons. If you have a lead, (laughs) you try to run up the score score, because there is a very good chance the defense is going to find a way to help you blow the game. Yeah. And there were two hot hands. Yeah, on the day. Matt Ryan was having a phenomenal game and Cordero Patterson was having a legendary game. Uh, mm-hmm. In my mind, in those situations, one of those two guys should be the guy you're counting on. And Yeah, and I don't know why Cordero wasn't even on the field. I yeah. think that, and, you know, I know that they've kind of, you know, zoned in on the idea of Mike Davis as RB1. And I, I mean, I love Mike Davis and I would like to celebrate his touchdown where he broke David. I think he said in the recap, like 83,000 tackles on his right. way into the end zone. <laughs> like Mike Davis, obviously, obviously has the potential to make some game change in place, but so far this season, we have seen much more consistency and much much more production from Cordell Patterson. So why mm-hmm. are you not? He has been by far the best offensive player for the Atlanta Falcons Easily. so far this season. And you've got to have your best offensive player on the field in that situation, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, 100% agree. Uh, and I'm fine with running it. I just yes. think they had the wrong guy in there. So, all right, Me too. let's. Let's head to our next voicemail. Let me see here. We got this right. Yep. Number six. Here we go. I hope I make it this week. Uh, first time caller. You Always made it. Let me see what the number is. I mean, I kind of figured that this is how it was going to go, but it hurts every single time. We lost on to, uh, on to London. We we're going to play the New York Jets. Um, they're still fighting on with uh, the Titans right now. Um, yeah, this one, uh, this one is definitely 
difficult, but you know, what other Falcons losses aren't difficult? Um, but so I'll, true. I'll be positive. The offense played better. This is their best offensive game uh, so far. Defense, however, um, played played well for the most part. Um, Eric Harris, please, <laughs> please just just catch the ball. Just one, just one <laughs> interception. We needed one turnover. That's all we needed was one turnover. Um, but besides that, uh, you know, I don't think Taylor Heineke played great. Uh, his wide receivers bailed him out. And, uh, yeah, so we'll play New York. We'll get the bye. And then we have Miami, who, which Miami hasn't really looked well either. So, uh, you know, instead of us being, I believe, now one and three, we could actually be three and three after uh, after Miami game. So uh, if we can get back to 500, I'll, I'll be happy. Um, but yeah, this is uh, this one hurts. Yeah, a lot of good points in there. And Gina, mm-hmm. one of the things I think he pointed out was the defense. I think was not as bad as everyone thought. Obviously, you see the 34 points, but I had completely forgotten the second half started with special teams giving up the kick return touchdown. So really. The defense on the day gave up 27 points, uh, which yes. is not great, but um, it's not great. And special teams does deserve um, some criticism for the loss. Now, I'm when I say special teams, I also want to factor in that young wake who is not a punter and he did his best after right. uh, Cameron went down with what ended up being an injury that landed him on IR. Um but yeah, so like that part side, but I had actually forgotten about the return touchdown too until I was watching, you know how Red Zone does like every touchdown from the day before they sign off after the 4 p.m. games. Mm-hmm. My favorite, it's my favorite part of Football Sunday, except when they showed that touchdown, I was like, I forgot, I forgot how that. mad that made me. <laughs> and now I'm mad all over again. And, you know, it's just inexcusable. It's just inexcusable. That yeah. return touchdown reminded me, I think it was about the same level of rage I felt on the attempted onside kick. Like, I attempted what? I don't know. The attempted recovery, I guess, of the onside kick oh, against Dallas last year. Yeah, uh, They attempted something. I'm not sure what exactly. But, yeah, that that was... I was enraged by that <laughs> touchdown and um, yeah, lots, lots of blame to go around for this one. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And on that note, you know, a lot of fans are keying in on the last few minutes of the game and I, I understand that, but I think as that caller pointed out, um, there were so many missed opportunities throughout the game. Yeah. And as the other caller said, we should have won by 20. If we had cashed yes. in on some of those opportunities, it never, it's never a close game. Yeah. All right, next voicemail. Here we go. Why? Why are you running the clock out with nine or 10 or 11 minutes to go in the fourth quarter? For Christ's sake, why? It doesn't matter if it's Arthur Smith or Dan Quinn or Mike Smith. or uh, Why are you doing this? You have the lead. I don't, I don't understand it. What? You're up. Like, why are you trying to run the clock out with that much time to go? Play to score. Play to win. Don't play to not lose. Yes. I'm tired of it, man. Go Falcons. Rise up. 
that was the most uninspired rise up I've heard. Yeah, big, big mood right there. <laughs> I think that it's a really good point. And um, I, it was something that I was very personally frustrated by during the game. Um, because the thing is, when you have that much time left, you know, yes, obviously you want to control time of possession. You want to hold on to the ball as long as you can. Every second that you have the ball is a second that they don't have the ball and they don't have an opportunity to score. Like all of that stuff is fine, but you have to actually try to keep putting points on the board. It goes back to what I said a few minutes ago. Mm -hmm. The Atlanta Falcons are pretty well known for losing games like this. You can't play around with just trying to you know, eat clock in the fourth quarter with the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. Uh, not at this point. <laughs> I mean, unless you were playing the Atlanta Falcons, then you probably can. But if you are the Atlanta Falcons, you would better be trying to score until that clock hits zero because you have a solid history of losing games that you should win because of stuff like this. Yeah, until the point where they rebuild the defense, um, no lead no lead is safe, uh, I think is no. the mantra for this Falcons team. I, I do want to say that one thing that does stand out, Matt Ryan did pass the ball 40 or he was in, they, they tried to pass the ball 43 times. One of those times he ended up running it and, and gained 17 yards. So kudos to Matt. Um, and they ran the ball 27 times. So um, I, I think that it was more about when they ran and particularly uh, continuing to go to a guy that was not having success on the ground because Patterson averaged 5.7 yards per carry and Wayne Gallman averaged 4.8 yards per carry. So I, I think if anything, what where Arthur Smith may have uh, dropped the ball was not going to the hot hand. He kept he kept going back to Mike Davis, and I, I don't know if the defense was sort of keying in and, and thinking, you know, Mike Davis is definitely going to run, so we need to you know stack the box. Um, but Mike Davis was 13 attempts, 14 yards for a 1.1 average. So I think that oh. is part of the story here as well. Is um, they kept going to Davis, it wasn't working, and and they still kept going to him. Uh, and as you know, Arthur Smith said, it's like they're they're they trust Mike Davis, um, uh -huh. but I think they need to also learn to trust now Cordero Patterson, who I think has deserved a bigger share of the snaps going forward. I do too. And when he has been able to create so much havoc for opposing defenses, even if you're not going to go to him, have him on the field so that they yes. have to worry about him. Yeah, exactly. Um, he's he's your best weapon right now. Yeah. So. Uh, even if he's not going to touch the ball, have him out there because he's going to draw attention at this point, and that's what you mm -hmm. want. Um, really good point. All right, here we go. God damn it. God, God damn it. All the shit I talked to those <laughs> fans. Damn it. Congrats to Peterson, but Mike Davis, but damn it. God fucking Falcon. You mother fuck. All right. <laughs> I don't really have anything to add there. I, I feel all of that in my soul. <laughs> uh, I will say, I think Falcons fans should probably learn a lesson, which is talking trash ahead of any game at this point, probably not a good life decision. Um, just That's just me. Yeah. All right. I mean, it's not going to stop me from calling the Saints trash. And I mean, they did lose to the Giants and they the did. Falcons beat the Giants, which means that, you know, I think, you know, transitively, we are definitely better than the new uh, Orleans Saints. Yes. But, uh, um, 
But yeah, it did make it a little harder for me to appreciate the fact that the Saints lost because the Falcons also lost. <laughs> <laughs> Although I'm always going to enjoy a Saints loss, no, no matter what. Um, yes, true. All right, this one, we're, we're going to get a little bit of a positive note here. So let's hear this caller out. What's up, guys? This is Charlie from Pensacola. Just finished watching the end of the game. Obviously, a pretty disappointing loss, but trying to see positive through the season. I want to see what, you know, the future has through Arthur Smith and the new ownership after this year. I think this game, we actually had some positives. Um, a lot of people complaining about Kyle Pitts' usage through the last few games, but like mm-hmm. you see that he actually had a top five or top ten tight end targets through the first couple games. And then to see this game, him and Ridley were kind of just alternating a lot of clutch catches back and forth. I think Matt Ryan also had a pretty solid game. Um, kind of put to bed some complaints that a lot of fans have had too. I mean, the guy had four touchdowns, almost 300 yards. The only thing that I really had to complain about this game was last drive when Arthur Smith handed the ball off to Mike Davis twice and then tried to throw a screen to him on the last drive. I don't know why you wouldn't give Matt Ryan a chance to, uh, you know, sling the ball, get a first down, and instead of putting the ball in the hands of, you know, young Hoku to punt the ball. I would have liked to see a little more aggressiveness there. I mean, what do we have to lose at this point? But thanks, guys. Yeah, you know, I do feel like this, and, and it's rightfully, the, the Falcons lost. They lost in horrible fashion. But the offense scored 30 points. Um, that's a legitimate real thing that happened. I mean, that's like the best they've looked all year. Um, Ryan looked sharp. He had a lot of time in the pocket too, Gina. You know, we've complained a lot about this offensive line, but he was – able to challenge deep repeatedly throughout the game. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I think if you are looking for progress, which right now you and I came into this season, not thinking this was a playoff team. So mm-hmm. when you're not looking at the playoffs, you're looking at progress. You're looking at how this team can grow as the season goes on. And I do think there are signs of growth, even as they yes. you know blew this lead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think that the first place that we can look is that, the offensive line was less of a flaming dumpster fire. And I feel like they've been, you know, slightly less of a dumpster fire every week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're probably going to get to the point in the next couple of weeks where they have enough chemistry that they're like, maybe just like a tire fire that's pretty well under control. <laughs> and so, you know, and we'll, we'll go from there. Eventually there'll be like a bonfire and then, you know, there'll be a functioning offensive line. <laughs> so, I am so looking we have forward some to things that. to look forward to. Yeah. But um yeah, I think that we really are seeing incremental signs of progress. It's I think that um also the fact that you know Ryan had such a good day statistically, uh, you know, some other things we did see improvement. And I think that that's also, I think that it kind of exasperates the frustration around like the conservative play calling in the fourth quarter. And also the drops because yeah. it's, yeah. you know, it's hard to see that, uh, that better, those better performances wasted because mm-hmm. of other errors. But um, I think that, yeah, there were definitely reasons to, to be a little bit more optimistic about this team going forward. It's just hard to keep your head in that place when this loss is so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think annoying is the perfect word for that. Yeah. All right. Next caller. Here we go. Look, I just want to point out how like we find so many ways to lose the game from bad situational play calling to like it was like six, seven uh, drop first down conversions, uh, 
three dropped interceptions. Uh, I, I mean, the, 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 the fluke play by, you know, Henneke to what's his face at the, you know, second to last drive of the game. I mean, just we just find find ways to shoot ourselves in the foot, and it's so pathetic. It is just horrible to watch. I mean, fuck. Anyways, <laughs> I'll be tuning in next week, fucking drinking my coffee and watching these sorry birds play a bunch of bird shits what they are. <laughs> I love our callers. I was just going to say, I love Falcons fans. We are the most long-suffering, least patient <laughs> fans in the, in the country, in my opinion. And it's all completely justified. Um, 100%. Yeah, and I got to say, like, I am anxious uh, looking toward this game with the Jets. Uh, they finally got a win. I, I do not think that they're a very good team, but I also think that this last caller is correct, that the Falcons often do find ways to lose winnable games. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so the disruption of international travel, <clears throat> playing a game at a very weird time of day, all that kind of stuff, you know, I just don't, I'm not real optimistic about this next one either. Yeah. Uh, at this point, if they lose, it will not surprise me. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, not to be dour on the team, but yeah. I, I'm sort of at the point where I'm looking at individual performances of guys who are in the long-term plans and, mm-hmm. and trying to figure out, hey, is Jalen Mayfield a legit left guard? Is Matt Hennessy the solution at center? What are we going to see from Kyle Pitts? Is he going to have a breakout game? Um, and, and, you know, if they win, that's just going to be like a, a icing on top. But right now it just feels like, yeah, this team is in almost like an eval mode where – You've got a head coach that's trying to figure out who are the guys he can lean on, who are the guys he can count on, and he's learning some hard lessons. Like, stop putting TJ Green in where he's defending in the goal line because that's not working. <laughs> because TJ Green is the 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 cornerback that Terry McLaurin beat on the ridiculous throw from Heineke that did end up putting them uh, or brought them closer to in the game. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you know this is this is a team that they literally failed in all three aspects. They failed in special yeah. teams. They failed uh, with the, the drops and, you know, the, they failed on defense with the, the interceptions that they kept dropping. It was like just a comedy of errors that, like legitimately they should have won by like 20 points. As that caller said uh, earlier. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Next caller. This one's a little bit longer. Uh, we'll get this one and we'll go to a break. I'm not trying to be the typical Falcons fan, but I mean, God damn that. It's ridiculous, you know, and Matt Ryan, I get it. He may not be the best quarterback, but I definitely feel like he's good enough. And the message that was preached was that we were going to compete. And when Matt Ryan has thrown four touchdowns, no interceptions, you're balling out of your mind. Your defense makes a play to where the game's not tied. We have a lead. At least go down there and kick a field goal. But instead, we take our foot off the pedal in the worst way, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust football, and we kick it away. And it's just like, I don't want to be that guy who's like, oh, our defense isn't good enough to get a stop because our defense can get a stop. But why put our defense in that situation when Matt Ryan is playing the way that he's playing? It just doesn't make sense to me. The only thing I can take away that's positive from this is – um okay, maybe this is the kick in the pants that Arthur gets because this whole entire game, 
he was throwing the ball. He opened the playbook. It's just why would you close it when the game's on the line and leave it to the defense? It's almost like he threw Dean P to the wolves. Dean P's to the wolves. When Dean P Dean P's is is calling a hell of a game. It's just dropped interception. I like. I can't even get mad at the defense. I can't get mad at the offense. So guess what I do as a Falcons fan? I point the finger at the coach. And yeah. then I say, it's the same thing. It's just, it makes no sense. I'm sitting at home. I don't get paid to make these type of calls. And I know what type of call to make. Mm-hmm. I got to wake up. If this is a rebuild, tell us it's a rebuild. But that ain't competition football when you got a quarterback throwing four touchdowns, playing his goddamn ass off. That ain't competition football. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. He needs to apologize to Matt. He needs to apologize. I mean, I think that he has a lot of good points. And, you know, we've already talked about it several times on this podcast, so I won't belabor it. But that was, you know, that conservative play calling and, you know, the diversion from, um, you know, really going for it and let Matt, letting Matt Ryan go out there and make the plays that they needed to actually move the sticks and hold on to the football. Um, it's, it's so frustrating to me, and yeah. I truly don't understand it. But what that caller said is, you know, maybe the good thing that comes out of this is that it's a kick in the pants for Arthur Smith to realize, you know, that he needs to think differently about his end game decisions and about Mm -hmm. his situational play calling. And I do think that it's fair to point out as frustrated as I am with the way that this game went, that Smith is a brand new head coach. There Mm -hmm. is going to be a learning curve. Now, what I like for that learning curve to be a little bit shorter. Yeah. Because (laughs) that game on Sunday was straight up bad. But, um, you know, if he does learn from things like this, then we will see the results in, of that in the future. And I think that he has to have the opportunity to do that. Um, yeah. But, yeah, no, I completely understand. And Dean Pease did call a good game. You know, the defense, I thought, did play really well, except for the dropped picks. Yes. Um, and Heineke did get really lucky on a lot of throws. And they've got really dynamic receivers who are hard to cover. And yeah. Isaiah Oliver getting hurt certainly didn't help either. Yep, absolutely. And that's yeah. Uh, all of those are great points. And as you mentioned, Arthur Smith, is he's 39 years old. He's younger than both you and both I. Of us. <laughs> yeah. Both of us. He's a baby. He's a baby. <laughs> um, and I know a lot of fans are ready to wring his neck. And I get it. Like the decisions at, at times have been absolutely, uh, you know, frustrating, but sometimes coaches have to make these decisions so they can learn, you know, from them. And mm-hmm. if you're expecting a head coach in his first four games to be, you know, without error and not to make mistakes, um, then it's, you know, it, that's just not going to happen. The reality is this Falcons team is not good enough to overcome this many errors uh, from uh, everyone, you know, as we mentioned, yeah. from, from special teams, from offense, from defense, and from the head coach. Um, yeah. If it were just the head coach issues, it never becomes an issue. Um, if it were just, you know, the offense with the drops and the defense pulls in some of those interceptions, it's never an issue. Uh, you know, take away any one of these mistakes and the Falcons win this game. So yeah. I, I think everything has to be put in a little bit of context, but. Um, I'm not giving up on Arthur Smith, but like you said, I think we we need to see him adjust and learn from this and and begin to coach better than what he has. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, totally agree. All right. I'm going to add one more voicemail to this half of the podcast and then we'll get a break. <laughs> this goddamn team, <laughs> I swear. It, oh my God. Um, I don't even know where to start with this team. They, what the sucky thing is, this is probably their best game of the season. Mm-hmm. They played not Ridley and the other wide receivers because apparently today their hands were bricks and they couldn't catch a damn thing. But overall, like the entire team outside of, you know, the defense collapsing, but, you know, we don't expect the defense to do much. It's a bunch of backups basically outside of AJ Terrell on and Grady Jarrett on the defense. It's I, I'm just mind blown that we are able to, you know, you know, four minutes are left in the game and we're going the most conservative play calling with Mike Davis, who hasn't looked good at all this season, as opposed to Cordero Patterson and letting Matt Ryan close the game out because he played a great game. I don't understand this team. I'm going to go drink. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) That is why I wanted to close the first half on that one, because if there's anything we can agree on, it's going to go get a drink. Absolutely. I think that that was well-deserved after subjecting yourself to that game, sir. Um, Yeah. And, you know, I I really expected that a lot of these voicemails would focus on the the offensive play calling the last four months of the game, because Mm -hmm. that is also what I am most angry about. So it's frustrating, but I think that that caller made a very good point. And that is, it probably was the best and most complete game this Falcons team has put together this season. Yeah. Um, which I don't know if that makes it better or worse. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> All right. We're going to hit more of these voicemails. Uh, but before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down. We break down who will be cutting Cut. What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hit Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. And we're back on the Falcoholic Podcast. This is Dave Walker. I'm joined by Gina Kelly. We're going through your voicemails in reaction to the Falcons' 34-30 loss in week four against the Washington football team. At home, no less. We had to watch this in freaking Atlanta Thanks a lot, Obama. All right. Um, <laughs> I had to drop that one in there. Sorry. All right. No, we're going to start off with another voice, though. How's it going, guys? Nick here. Longtime Falcons fan. And uh, just saw a lot of guys talking about how uh, the coaching was to blame. I think Arthur Smith 
hosted great games, scored 30 points. Um, I think this game comes down to more of the players and execution. A lot of drop passes from Calvin Ridley. There's a lot of times I feel like Calvin Ridley is still having an issue where he's running away from the first down or he's scared of contact, he's dropping pa- dropping passes, or uh, he's just he, – there's a play he, – he could have gotten the first down if he just fought for it, but he just, just kind of ran straight out of bounds. Just plays like that uh, that I think show up a lot that show – personally, I don't think Calvin really fits Coach Smith's offense that well. I think Coach Smith used the big body wide receivers where you can throw tight passes and windows inside. Calvin really is not going to do that. He's not going to fight through contact. He's not going to – he just doesn't make the right play sometimes. Uh, I think this game falls heavily on a couple players in the defense. Eric Harris had a couple uh, drop picks, long coverage. Fabian Moreau is absolute garbage. Um, we <laughs> talking sec- secondary is, is pretty bad. Richard Grant can't see the field for some reason. Deron Harmon has been non-existent. Uh, the one bright spot maybe has only been – Terrell, and he didn't throw his way all, all day but one game, uh, it seemed to me. So I think the Falcons are definitely in a rebuilding year, just they don't want to admit it that the defense is going to hold them back, especially the second first. Yeah, you know, um, we're, we're, we're going to be stuck in this conversation, I think, all year, rebuild versus retool. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I will say this. Uh, they have had some injuries early on, and they're not yeah. – you know, the same level of injuries that we've dealt with in the past, uh, but they have had a few. And I don't think they ever expected this defense to be a top flight unit. And to be honest, I think at times they've actually been pretty decent. Um, and I don't, it, it's, as for the offense, I feel like that's where more of the disappointment has been until this game where they scored 30 points. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I, I think they do think they can compete. They just have not put it together. And yeah. at least not consistently. So uh, love a lot of what he said. Gina, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I think that those were really interesting takes. Um, I, I still think that Arthur Smith deserves um, to, you know, have some scrutiny and some criticism for his decisions in the game. But he's right about the drops. He's right about the drop picks. Um, you know, I think he's right about pretty much everything that he said about the defense. Though I'd also mm-hmm. toss like, Boye's good. Uh, Deion Jones is pretty good. Um, And like definitely Dante Fowler has pleasantly surprised me the past couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think that we are seeing some of those guys develop. um, And I, you know, I think that those guys are all starting caliber players, but yeah, like they just have a lot of ground to make up on defense. And that's a problem that existed before this regime got here and so the rebuilding on that side of the ball it it is a defensive rebuild because their depth there is just so like they're they can say whatever they want about it but they've been in need of a defensive rebuild like since they got rid of john abraham so (laughs) i mean it it, (laughs) seriously and so um but yeah like I think that I think that you're right, and I think that they could be competitive. I think that this game kind of showed that they can be competitive. I mm-hmm. think that they're still just working out the kinks, but yeah, there are a lot of kinks. Yeah, probably um, more than they can uh, overcome to become a playoff caliber team yeah, this year. Absolutely. So, yeah. All right. Next voicemail. So, I had some confusion, I guess, with the second Terry McLaurin 
touchdown is how TJ Green, from the camera angle, it looks like he sees the ball in the air, and instead of playing the ball for an easy interception and almost boxing TJ McLaurin out, uh, he he plays McLaurin again and then lets up an easy touchdown. I just don't know how you see the ball coming. You don't play the ball. You're you're a DB. This is your job to shine, and he just absolutely missed it. But I don't know. I mean, the whole team was just a disaster. Except, well, outside of the offense was. Finally, we saw some some fire come out of the offense, some execution. Uh, again, it's just classic Falcons where the offense shines and the defense continues to stutter. Yeah, sort of on that same note. And uh, 100% agree with his assessment of TJ Green. I have no idea what he was doing in the end zone, but he certainly wasn't playing defense. No, I was, uh, he just looked completely lost. Mm -hmm. Like he was trying to play Australian rules football or something (laughs) like a different game (laughs) than everybody else on the field was playing. I had no idea what that was supposed to be. Um, I do just want to point out that our own Matt Chambers was like, who the hell is TJ green? (laughs) He was (laughs) on the field. So uh, (laughs) yeah. And so that was uh, initially, I was a little bit uh, hoping that that was what the caller, the direction the caller was going to go. But um, yeah, I, I was very confused by that too. And Terry McLaurin is a very good player. He is an alumnus of the Ohio State University. Um, <laughs> he is a guy that I play in my DFS lineup pretty much on a weekly basis because he is super reliable and a very explosive dynamic receiver. So he's not easy to cover. And TJ Green is going to struggle with even like average NFL receivers, I think, based on what I've seen so far. So it's a real mismatch there. I think that's probably the biggest issue, but it, I understand the caller's uh, confusion about mm-hmm. that whole thing because I was also confused. Yeah, as was <laughs> TJ Green. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, this caller is from Salt Lake City. Hey, what's going on? Uh, this is uh, Monty from uh, Salt Lake City. Yes, there is one Falcon or one Falcons fan in Salt Lake City, and right now I'm starting to wonder if there's even going to be one after this week. <laughs> Never thought I'd actually call here, but after today's game, I'm fucking depressed. <laughs> How the fuck do we lose that game? How? Between Calvin Ridley's drops, bad coaching, terrible coaching, and then our DBs running around. Fucking fish grease on their hands. Can't catch a damn fucking interception. Like, how do we lose these games? Like, I'm looking back at the draft. Like, who the fuck are we using? Yeah. I don't. Where, where's our second rounder at? Why are we wasting shit on fucking backup center? Like, I can't see how this team's gonna get better. Like, and oh man, I only want to talk about the coaching. So bad. We don't even got a goddamn punter. And you're letting, you're letting Koo just, what, you're letting him just doink some shit down the field. Like, <laughs> just let Matt, I'd rather them just put the ball in Matt Ryan's hands and just let him do his thing. And we, if we lose that way, then so be it. Why the fuck are you playing for field position? Oh, man, it's just. Yeah. I don't even know what to do. All right, now I'm, I live in Salt Lake City, so, you know, I, I can't just jump on some other bandwagon, so I'm just fucked, so. 
Hopefully you guys have a better day than I am. Oh. Well, um, first of all, even though you may be the only Falcons fan in Salt Lake City, you are not alone. You have Indeed. this whole this whole Falcons fandom full of Falcoholics who share your pain and hopefully eventually will share your joy if this team ceases to be so disappointing to watch. Um, you know, I do. <laughs> I just. Yeah, the more we're talking about this game, the more aggravated I am getting because they shouldn't have lost. They shouldn't have lost this game. No. They just shouldn't have. It it is extremely, extremely frustrating. Yeah. This is uh uh I get it. You know, uh mm-hmm. I will say, um Corey uh, Woodruff and I on the postgame podcast, we're um, we're doing our best to keep a positive uh outlook on the uh, the the things we saw that we liked in this game. Um, Evan, mm-hmm. I think for the first time, uh, may has started to contemplate drinking, which um, <laughs> we we may finally bre- break him. Uh, which is oh boy, yeah, that's that's where we're headed. We are we've broken Evan, um, and yeah, you know, I, I I don't know what to offer you, man. <laughs> like these kind of yeah. games are awful. Um, they are and. It is, I mean, it is just incredibly frustrating. I think that the one thing that I do want to touch on is Young Waiku's punt because, you know, he had two, if I'm remembering correctly. Yes, two in the game. Yeah, two, and he, um, the first one was real bad. But when Cameron went down, I don't know if anybody else noticed on the broadcast, but I personally in my living room yelled, fuck at the top of my lungs (laughs) as one does and at the same time i don't know if anybody knows but young way took his helmet and held it in front of his face but you could still kind of see from the side that he was also yelling fuck into his (laughs) helmet because he knows he's not a punter the man went out there and did his best he is an exceptional kicker i love young way with all my heart i will tolerate no slander uh for his punting because he was forced into that it's completely not his fault that he was not great at it because it's not his job his job is to be a great kicker i think that he has delivered on that and you know they've they've brought in colquitt so he'll be on they have an actual punter for this week so that at least is something yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Of course, I, I forgot about losing the punter until he said that. And the yeah, just yeah. add that into the cacophony of of ridiculousness that was the Falcons game on Sunday. It was a mess. <laughs> it was a hot mess. <laughs> it was. <laughs> oh, all right. Next voicemail. Hey, Falcoholic. It is uh, Chapman here in London calling on Monday morning uh, after that. Uh, Pretty brutal loss to uh, the Washington football team. Um, after sleeping on it, honestly, I had a rant last night that I was going to call in, but after sleeping on it, I'm, I'm feeling a little better this morning. Uh, I loved uh, like we scored 30 points. Uh, obviously, it wasn't enough, uh, and we needed to keep going uh, because our defense is just not going not gonna to win games for us yet. Uh, I thought it was great to see Matt play really well, stretch the field, uh, but ultimately, I obviously – uh, not being able to get it done in the end was uh, really disappointing. I had a joke about this being like our groundhog day. Uh, it just feels like we keep living uh, this game over and over and over as Falcons fans. And I think um, it just, at a point, you just, it just starts to wear. Um, yeah. But uh, I am feeling slightly more optimistic this morning. And I, I think we all have to just realize it's going to be a building process. This is not going to happen overnight. And we knew this team was not going to be great, but we hoped 
it to be at least competent and good. And I think we are inching towards that in some ways. Um, I really hope we get a win this week here in London uh, against the Jets. Uh, I think it's good that the Jets won last week. So maybe they'll, they'll be a, they won't be as hungry, but um, anyway, <laughs> I, I just want to say, uh, uh, you know, safe trip for all the Falcons fans that are coming over. Uh, look forward to hoping meeting some of you guys in person here in London. Uh, and uh, well, what else to say? We, we, we lose in awful fashion once again, and, it, uh, and hopefully one day we will not have that be our signature as a, a football team. All right. Love you guys. Uh, and see you hopefully here in London soon. Bye. Yeah. Chapman, uh, for those of you who follow us on Twitter, uh, you can find him through one of us. Uh, he is one of our fans based in the UK, as you can hear. Uh, fantastic guy. Love interacting with him. Uh, I think that's, that was his first time calling in, but um, what do you think, Gina? Um, well, I appreciate hearing from Chapman. I know that um, the UK Falcons fans are putting together some fun stuff for the game this week. So make sure that you are keeping an eye on that. If you're heading to London, I hope that you guys get to get together and uh, experience the disappointment of the Falcons losing <laughs> to the Jets as one. Um, yeah, I, I think that, you know, I, I have to say it, it's actually really nice for me to hear from somebody who is feeling more optimistic after having some time and emotional distance from this loss um that's usually me and david you know we've been doing this podcast together for years and years so mm -hmm. you know this i mean i'm usually trying to look on the bright side i don't know if the past couple of years have just beaten me down and have made me more cynical but uh yeah i <laughs> i really have like zero optimism after that game so i appreciated hearing from chapman and um hearing that he was able to and, and the things that he's saying are absolutely accurate they are yeah. reasons to be optimistic i mean scoring 30 points i i think that you know if your offense can put up 30 points that is a game that you should not lose I right. think that every NFL defense should on a consistent basis, be able to hold opponents to under 30 points. Yeah. I do. I think that that is way not too much to ask. Like <laughs> these are professional football players. So, um, and then, you know, seeing Matt play well and also seeing the offensive line, not only the offensive line improving a little bit, but also Matt has adapted to their poor play. And so he's been getting rid of the ball quicker things like that so you know those those things are all signs of of progress and development yeah i mean there there are things to be optimistic about it's just hard for me because like you said this is groundhog day i mean how many of these losses are we supposed to sit through before we <laughs> just the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results how many years are we going to do this falcons <laughs> Um, either until my liver fail, fails or they <laughs> finally win one. And I'm kind of banking on the, the prior. Um, <laughs> oh, man, I'm so sad. Uh, I do want to say to our UK fans, because uh, we have some actually really phenomenal fans in the UK and in Europe. I've, some of our European fans have um, reached out to me on Twitter and like, hey, there's lots of us in, you know, in Europe and Germany and in Sweden. Um, I really hope the Falcons give you a great game on Sunday. Um, you know, this is, uh, you guys deserve it, especially after what they gave you the last time they came to London, like they owe you something for that. <laughs> All right. On that note, we actually have a voicemail from a caller in Sweden. Hello, my name is Jacob. I'm 34 years old. I live in Sweden. I don't have any relation to the U.S. still, 
I'm a diehard Falco fan. Been it for about 10, 12 years. I've been to two live games. Saw the loss in London against the Detroit Lions. Oh boy. Where the Falcons first looked like they were winning because the Detroit Lions missed the field goal. But then they have been to Atlanta one time as well to see the Falcons play the Saints in January of 2017. That was a good game. Yeah, it was a great game. Last game in the Torchodome. Yes, it was. Brought up by Matt Ryan, exception. I have two kids, and I have made both of them fans of that like Atlanta Falcons, that jersey. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> that is. I think. I can watch the games uh, during the night. So usually I just lie to them and tell them the Atlanta Falcons won. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Again, I see the Atlanta Falcons play, and they give me hope, and I start believing and thinking, like, this is it. Cordell Patterson, what a great guy. Sign him for life. I'm a fan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and... He's the real unicorn. Like Arthur Smith literally make him vanish the last 10 minutes of the game. Yeah. And I, I don't know what happened, but the Falcons managed to do it again. They gave me hope and then just crushed it. Literally, literally crushed it. So, yeah. I, I see there's progress in the, in the team. Uh, it was a fun game until the last quarter. And I think I'm going to stop looking at the last quarter and just keep looking at the first three. Because <laughs> then yes. I to my children that Atlanta Falcons actually won. Great show. Uh, hope to be hearing my own voice here. And uh, yeah, keep up, keep up the good work. Bye. Um, I, I, I absolutely love that uh, he said he, he lies to his kids about the Falcons <laughs> winning. Um, Jacob uh, from Sweden, man, uh, lots of love to you. When the Falcons yes. break the heart of uh, our Swedish fans, that 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 hits me in a different way. Uh, what about you, Gina? Uh, yeah, and I I also think that it's it's honestly a kind and loving thing to do. Uh, to lie to his children and tell them that the <laughs> Falcons did not blow another game in heartbreaking fashion. Um, oh. And yeah, just one thing I have really enjoyed about doing this version of the podcast with voicemails is we've heard from a few of our international mm-hmm. fans. And I, I think that it's it's just so neat that the Falcons, despite being truly an infuriating football team, that they do have this network of fans worldwide and that we're all able to commiserate together. I think that if there's yep. a silver lining here, I think that that's definitely one of them. Absolutely. Uh, love hearing from uh, not just our fans locally, the fans in Salt Lake city across the country, but those in Europe and the UK um, we absolutely love that you guys are interacting with us and you make this podcast a lot of fun and it, it mm-hmm. does make this season, which is normally, you know, one where, I think a normal fan base to sort of check out uh, you guys keep us coming back. You know, you, you uh, your comedy, the way you approach this, uh, these voicemails, they're actually, I think in an odd way, 
uplifting and it makes us feel like, you know, we're, this may be a shit show, but it's our shit show and we're in this together. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. We've got a few more, uh, including some uh, regular callers. I'm going to have to figure these guys all left long voicemails and I'm, you know, we're not going to stay here all night. So I'm going to cut some of these off, but I want to get them in so that we know that, you know, so they know they're loved and uh, we at least get their, their voices on the podcast. What's going on guys, man. This is the fat Falcon. I've tried to be positive these last few weeks calling you guys, man, but you know, and I hate, I know I'm sounding like a broken record. All the calls you guys are going to receive, but I just don't know what to say anymore, man. And I'm still, I'm, I'm still positive. But man, that, I couldn't. I mean, I'm calling a day late. I may not even make the podcast, man. But I, I just got to clear the air, man, in my household. It was my wedding anniversary yesterday, and oh no, it was my uh, wedding anniversary. My wife might send me to divorce court. <laughs> All the rage I, she heard downstairs yesterday, man. I. DPs, aka Clint Eastwood, a heavier version from Grand Torino. I need him to stop all the media bashing, take all the energy, and instill it in our defensive line. Who, where in the hell is Stephen Means? Who in the hell is Stephen Means? Who brought <laughs> him here? I'm, I'm getting out of character, guys. I called in to work. I just can't do it. Our offense finally, finally showed something. We can't ever get anything aligned, ever. If the offense sucks, the D steps up. When the O-line steps up, the defense sucks. (laughs) I really hate Taylor Henneke, Tyler Henneke, whatever the hell his name is, Taylor (laughs) Swift. I want to punch him in the throat. Who in the hell? What the hell is up with Calvin Ridley? Oh. Ancestry.com, and who would have thought Calvin Ridley and Eric Harris are related? <laughs> All right. Um, to the Fat Falcon, I did. I, I ended up cutting him off there, and not because of anything he said, but. I, I do want to get to Just everyone's for voice. Time. Yeah. Um, um, well, the Fat Falcon is one of my favorite callers every week. I think that he always down. has very good points. And, um, you know, seriously, hopefully your wife understands that the Falcons <laughs> are completely to blame for the rage that she heard. Uh, not you and definitely not her. Um, yeah. I just, I did get a real kick out of him calling Dean Pease Clint Eastwood from Grand Torino. <laughs> and, and, you know, everybody loved the Dean Pease sound bites from last week. And I did too. I mean, you know, that Guilty. I'm so accustomed yeah. to, yeah, I mean, I, and I've been covering this league for a number of years and, you know, you're just used to coach speak. So it's so refreshing and so invigorating when you hear a coach you know, putting stuff like that out there, but I got, you got to back it up on the field, man. Um, and yeah, I, I just about died when he said Calvin Ridley and uh, Eric (laughs) Harris are related (laughs) per (laughs) ancestry.com. That explains a lot with the drops. It totally does. (laughs) Um, keep calling back, man. We, we love you. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll get you back on full, full voicemail next time. Yeah. Um, all right. We're going to 
hear from our friend, Jim. Hi, this is Jim in Hushton. I was just on the toilet and inspired me to call after witnessing that game <laughs> in person. Yes, the Falcons again. Um, I know that they're young, and I know that this team, you know, they, they introduced the defense, and half of these guys I really never heard of last year. So them could be part of the problem. It's sort of like, you know, teaching my special ed students. It's like last week, you know, they played the Giants. Oh, the defense looked great. And then the next time oh, they looked like crap. Uh, but anyway, um, I never thought I'd say this, talking about the defense first, because they did give up 30-some points. Uh, it seemed like it really changed when Isaiah Oliver went out. Yeah. And yeah. What we knew about this team is the lack of depth can rear its ugly head. But um, a lot of people are talking about the end of the game, but I want to talk about the beginning of the game where they were driving ready for a score. And, um, you know, I can't fault him for being new to his position and the NFL, but, you know, uh, Jalen Mayfield had a penalty we should have been down within yeah. the five-yard line. I, I forgot about that. And yep. Back. And, of course, we settled for a field goal. Yay, we're okay with that. But it's a field goal. Mm-hmm. You know, their kicker gave us every chance to win the game. But still, you know, we blew that part there. Um, and I think the worst part about the differences it seemed like they just could not contain uh, Heineke. And it was like if they didn't contain, maintain the edge, he'd go, you know, he'd go around them. And otherwise he'd run up the middle. And, you know, as much as anything hurt and seeing it in person, it seemed like not being able to get to Heineke really hurt them the most. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, again, cutting him a little bit short, but, uh, to his point, Heineke had five rushes for 43 yards, which is an 8.6 yeah. average. Uh, so really good point from Jim there. Yeah, at one point I scared Bella, who was sleeping in my lap, by yelling, why are you making Taylor Heineke look like Michael Vick? <laughs> um, so I feel that in my soul. And I do think that Jim made a really good point that the defense looked bad they looked worse after Isaiah Oliver Oliver left the field Mm -hmm. David I think that this goes back to something that you and I have been talking about a great deal since this regime change um their depth is just not as robust or as talented as a lot of other teams and that is a problem that Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith did inherit from the previous regime and so it's going to so when you have a key player like Oliver go down like that, um, you are going to see a dramatic drop off in quality of play and it's going to take them a while to fix that, but it was yeah. definitely noticeable. Yeah. And uh, I was in the uh, run up to the season, I was pounding the table saying that I felt like Isaiah Oliver uh, was going to be one of our better players this year. And uh, despite, you know, some fans absolutely just hating the guy, uh, and it is really, really sad to see him go down. And it has yeah. been confirmed it's a season-ending injury. Um, and now we get to see what we have in some of these rookies with uh, Avery Ugh. Williams and 
Darren Hall. So it's going to be a tough thing for them to be thrown into, but this may be, uh, you know, being thrown into the deep end of the pool to figure out if they can swim. So yeah. Um, T's and P's to all of us as we have to, to watch all. that happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. Last voicemail, Gina, you know who this one's from. Yes, I do. Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. Kevin Ridley. Hit an alert. <laughs> Hit an alert. Where is our number one wide receiver, guys? Where is he? Because I sure don't see him out there. Do you? And it's honestly not the only game he has underperformed. Yeah. Looking like mm-hmm. a number two. Hell, three even. He hasn't shown up at all. And all the drop balls he had, open and even in traffic, it hit your freaking hands, bro. Come on. Our <laughs> wide receivers make the tough catches and the easy ones. This guy is playing scared. Or either he's just trying so hard not to get injured to get this deal we all know he wants. But at this point, don't look like he's going to get playing the way he's been playing. Scared. Do he look like the number one deserving of that 100? Don't Uh -uh. think so. We need football players that are willing to put their bodies on the line. Or, bro, you need to step out the driver's seat and let somebody else take the wheel. O-line did their job. Matt did his job. Wide receivers, not so much. What the hell's going on? It's like Corona out there. It started spreading throughout the other wide receivers. Like once Ridley started dropping, everyone else started dropping. Including- <laughs> he he left a long. Uh, we're gonna have to figure out how to get the rest of the voicemail in at some point. Um, yeah, maybe we can do like outtakes on Twitter or something. Oh, I don't know. 100%. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Um, but you know, always one of my favorite callers every week. And I, yeah, I look forward to hearing the Matt Ryan hater alert, but today <laughs> when he did Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan, <laughs> Calvin Ridley <laughs> hater alert, just classic. Um, it was, it, it was very frustrating. I think that everything that he said is valid and, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think that it is really something to think about, you know, Ridley does want that big contract, but you want to be paid like a wide receiver one, you better play like one and let balls bounce right off your dang hands is not going to get you that check. Yeah, exactly. And um, I, I think he's going to bounce back. I think he's going to have a much better season yeah. than what we've seen. But if he continues to play like this, I, I think it's legitimate to say, do we want to invest a big contract in this guy um, when the moment came for him to step up and he didn't. So he needs to and, finish and- the year strong lost what I was going to say. I'm sorry. And it, it was actually a really like cogent point too, but oh, well, I'm very tired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired of the Falcons. <laughs> yes, we both are. Uh, yes. And apparently the, the 23 voicemails indicate that other people are as well. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, yeah. So Gina, on that note, just another good round of voicemails for another crappy game, another crappy ending. Um, yeah. I really, really, really hope we come out of the next week with like a celebratory uh, atmosphere uh, and not even like what after the Giants game, it was still sort of dour. Like, let's let's come yeah. out of this one with a, a dominant win, especially for our fans in the UK who have been long suffering and putting up with some bad games in in London over the years. Let's give them a good one and, and come out with a convincing victory. That's, that's what I'm hoping for uh, for the fans we've got over there. Yeah, absolutely. Um... <sighs> 
I really hope that they beat the Jets. I mean, I'm already in such a dour mood about <laughs> this last loss that if they lose to the Jets, <laughs> oh, I'm going to be real cranky. <laughs> yeah, and to be clear, like the, the one caller early on who talked about the Jets winning um, or being in the, you know, in the lead, they only beat the Titans in the last seconds of overtime because Tennessee's kicker shanked the ball. So um, the Jets are not a good team. Uh, This is a winnable game yet again. But when it comes to the Falcons, never count on a winnable game. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, As that one guy said, it's like we're in Groundhog Day. Uh, Yeah. On that note, Gina, remind our listeners where they can find you, what you have going on. You can find me on this podcast mostly these days. Uh, you can find me on Twitter tweeting very dramatically about the Falcons on game days. That's <laughs> at Gina Thomas. That's pretty much all that I have time for right now. <laughs> I hear that. Um, <laughs> as for me, guys, you can follow me on Twitter at FalcoholicBW. Updates for this podcast at FalcoholicPod. And of course, our articles daily at thefalcoholic.com. So for Gina, Matt Online, Kelly, this is David Walker. Thank you guys for listening in. Talk to you next time.